T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 23, the Pedro Siriaco episode, also Travis Shaw, and especially our manager, Alex Cora. It's Gordo here. I'm here with Pat. I'm here with Sammy. Coop is still under the weather, but this is the official podcast of Successful Tanks. Can I get a round of applause? Clap, clap, clap. Go Pats. Let's go. Top three pick. But yeah, it is also... The official Red Sox podcast of WEEI, the Red Sox Radio Network. Pat, Sammy, here with me. We are here to talk some socks today because that is what we do on the Play Tessie podcast. Gentlemen, it's been a good weekend for us. You know, we, we watched some football today. Good things have happened. They didn't get the two pick, but we're not going to get greedy. They got the three pick. The Pat season is over. That means we're one step closer to pitchers and catchers. How you guys doing? Feeling good. Cold. Yeah, I'm in Miami still, so I'm I'm not cold. Even though the weather here is kind of like it's kind of mad. In Miami? I'm oh in my Miami. God, we're we're getting destroyed by snow and you're yeah, in Yeah, we are. Oh, I'm I flying back. I'm flying back in the morning though, so it's not it's not all roses. And it's been like by their standards kind of cold and rainy, but like it's still like 78, so who cares? And I keep seeing pictures of like front porches out in small towns in Massachusetts that are getting bombed with snow. And dogs tracking snow and mud into the houses. And I'm just walking down the street in shorts and flip-flops. You're a scumbag. Yeah, I'm so... Yeah. I am i didn't know... I, I This is me finding out right now that you're Same. not... I didn't know you were in Miami. Yeah, come on, man. How could you just, do this to us? <laughs> just a few days. But, you know, I got grandparents out here. I got friends out here. I uh, got... What's the, funny is when I lived in California for a few years, when I was in high school... When I would see my friends from Boston back home posting like blizzards, I, I'd get FOMO in the weirdest way. I'd be like, damn, I kind of wish I was you know, toughing it out with them. Like I'm sitting, it's like 59 degrees and dreary. I'm like, man, I want to go outside in the snow and like have that, that night before where it's like, it's coming tomorrow, big storm. There's like some excitement about it when you're when you're so far away, but then you're here and you're like, oh, this Dude. sucks. So grass is always greener. I don't have even a little bit of FOMO. I'm looking at the weather app and I see that there's like a like a mid 50s day, like a couple of days after I get back. And I'm just happy that I only have to put up with it for a couple of days and like all the streets will be plowed. I don't have to deal with all that nonsense before that. But yeah, let's 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 jump right into it. We're uh, it's a it's a shorter one today. It's not not the full hour 10. We'll, we're still going to get you some good socks talk, though. All right. So we're going to start. With that Jen McCaffrey and Ken Rosenthal article. 
-hmm. talking about how the Red Sox are listening to offers for Masataka Yoshida. They're not necessarily shopping him, but the fact that they're listening to offers, I think, is interesting because a team that is that is that wants to build on what they started last year, build on the core that is starting to come together, would not necessarily be entertaining offers for a guy like Yoshida to the point where it the, to the point where the media would catch wind and you're getting an athletic collab article with with Rosenthal and McCaffrey talking about how they're listening to offers and obviously they've been listening to Jansen. To me it just sounds like a team that is hell bent on shed, shedding payroll and of course like maybe they could add payroll back to match it but like in any event the fact that they're shedding payroll to me is concerning. Uh I was curious when you guys read that article uh, Sammy, what 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 did you think when you when that article dropped? I was actually in the pool when that article dropped. I was a little bit late to get to it. I get out of the pool and all of a sudden Robbie He's, Ray is a giant and Yoshida is potentially getting traded. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah so so the Yoshida thing, obviously the first reaction from the fan base is going to be like, "Are you kidding me? We just got him last year." And I totally get that. And I like Yoshida a lot. I think he's going to have a good second year in Major League Baseball, just like Hideki Matsui did. He had a so-so first year, popped off in the second year. And you know we love Hideki here. But I think it kind of makes sense. I think other Major League teams probably think what I just said. And I think that the Red Sox probably don't love having Yoshida and Devers. And of course, left fielder and a third baseman, that makes no sense. But bear with me, you have two guys who are well, well, well below average defenders at their position, especially Devers, who's locked in for 700 more years. And then you have Yoshida, who's locked in for four more years. Kind of handicaps the things you can do. And for a guy like Alex Cora, who loves to have positional flexibility, in a vacuum, I could see them moving Yoshida. That being said, it would have to be the perfect trade. This isn't a guy I would just get rid of to get rid of. It would have to either bring back a similar player who bats right-handed or plays much, much, much better defense. Secondarily, it would have to bring back a pitcher. So I don't think he's going to get traded, but I get it. Yeah, I think this is kind of nitpicky here, but the way in contingency with Spear's article, because Spear kind of went in a little bit deeper in terms of what he's hearing. I do think that Jensen is being full-blown shopped. Like, I I do believe that they are trying to push him toward one of a, like a contending team that's willing to give up maybe a little bit more. And I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, he's a 36, 7, 8-year-old closer who's still good, but we saw some periods last year he wasn't great. Um, I think shipping him out for something like, not even substantial, but like, a la like the Verdugo trade, like organizational depth on some high upside pitching. I think that makes a lot of sense maybe. Um, but if again, nitpicking, it says they're not hanging up on Yoshida calls. I think it's going to, like Sammy was saying, I think it does kind of take that perfect trade. I don't think he's moved as a salary dump. I don't think he's moved to replenish kind of like Verdugo, like bring in organizational depth at pitching. I think if they move Yoshida, it's either going to be followed with another move or the return they're getting will fill a hole that they don't now have to fill in free agency. I hope they don't trade Yoshida because I do think he has a big year. I'm okay with moving Jansen 
because like we've said all all offseason, that bullpen is stacked right now. There's too many arms to feed. So I get it, but I don't in terms of Yoshida. I just, I just think that there's Weird. such a big difference between – and I'm just going to use the word dumping – between dumping Jansen and dumping Yoshida because the way I see it, both of them are making significant money, like high teens dollars per year, and Yoshida obviously has four years left. And a guy like that who had the second half that he had is not necessarily easy to deal, and I, I question how much they'd be able to get back. But they're different because of what you said, Pat. Like, this is a team that has a really good bullpen, and if they add more starting pitching, you're just going to keep adding pieces to that bullpen. Like, you push Garrett Whitlock to the pen, you push maybe Tanner Houck to the pen. There's situ- there's scenarios where they could push Cutter Crawford to the pen. Like, there, are, this, is, this bullpen is in a good spot, whereas Yoshida, if he gets dealt... Like you're you're just gonna have to figure out who like you're gonna have to add a guy to replace him. I don't know if it's gonna be like Soler, Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know, but it just feels like if you trade Yoshida, you're not gonna get that much back, and then you're gonna replace him with a guy who I don't think any of those guys are gonna have as good of a year as Yoshida next year because of the points that you guys both made. Like Hideki Matsui's rookie year, and then he has he's fine, and then he and then he pops off in his next year, and Yoshida basically was doing that in his first year and then burned out. But, of course, they've been working with him this offseason to try to make sure that doesn't happen. I think a lot of people get a little bent out of shape on his defense because the Sox defense was so bad last year. And, obviously, he is not a good defender. But I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to seem just because the the monster crushes defensive metrics. Like, if you play in front of the monster, it doesn't even really matter if you're a good defender. Your metrics are going are gonna to be shot. I think you so, can't win a gold glove playing left field at Fenway. Has any left fielder at Fenway ever won a gold glove? That's a good trivia question. We should many, many probably, never should, probably should have looked that up before asking, but um, I do have a question regarding the Yoshida thing. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Just, yeah. just a yes or no from you guys. It's a big move from Japan to the United States. We talked about it ad nauseum with Yamamoto. Do you think that if the Red Sox trade Yoshida, it would dissuade uh, players from Japan from choosing the Red Sox in the future, knowing that the team isn't above flipping you after a year? Yeah, I do. 
I think it's a really bad look. I get this isn't necessarily Craig's guy. Like Craig didn't sign that contract. But I mean, we see how long the process is of these Japanese guys picking their teams. And that whole process goes into like, where can I see myself in the next five, six, seven, eight, ten years? And Boston obviously was a spot where Yoshida was like, I'm comfortable here. I want to be here. I can I can play here, all this stuff. I think if you kind of just toss that courting process in their hard decision out the window, yeah, I think guys are gonna guys coming over from Japan are gonna look at the Red Sox a lot less fondly because a year ago, essentially, they just go completely back on their word. We want you for, we want you here for five years, you're gonna be great, blah, blah, blah. Year in, they're like, Yeah, you don't really fit what we're doing anymore and ship them off. I, I think it's a really bad look. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, though I, I can't say that I know for a fact because like I, we're not part of we're not Japanese, like we don't live there and know what that culture is like. And we also haven't necessarily seen a Japanese player sign an like a long-term contract and then get dealt after a year. But to be honest with you, like I've always like it's kind of like that for American players too, where you sign these guys to contracts and you don't necessarily want to ship them out. And we've heard this before with guys like you don't want to ship guys out too quickly because then other players won't like, they won't necessarily trust you. Like there's questions about whether you can be relied upon to fulfill your agreements. Like it's just, I don't think it should hold you back from making the perfect trade, but I just, I, I have a hard time seeing the perfect trade show up for Yoshida Whereas a guy like Jansen, like the trade doesn't necessarily need to be perfect because you do have a surplus there and that money can be used. Like as much as I hate talking like this because they shouldn't need to be freeing up money for anything, but that's kind of the, it's kind of what we have to talk about because that's just the way the situation is. That you trade Jansen, your bullpen obviously loses its leader and an established closer, but you've got a lot of good arms in there and, and someone can step up. Whereas if you trade Yoshida, you're going to need to add someone to replace that. And, and I, that's why I, I want to move on to the Teoscar Hernandez stuff uh, and talk about that because there was a report over the weekend. Who who reported that uh, that the Dodgers were the favorites for Teoscar? It was Hector Gomez. Hector Gomez. Yeah. Hector Gomez said that the Dodgers are up to three years on their offer and are now seen as the favorites for Teoscar Hernandez. And of course, if the Red Sox deal Masa Yoshida, it would, I, it would be with the idea of adding another outfielder. And we know how interested they've been in Teoscar. Reports of them telling agents of players that they need to clear some salary. And I think it's a fair assumption that, you know, with Teoscar wanting his free agency to wrap up quickly, as Chris Cotillo reported a couple of weeks ago, and it hasn't wrapped up. And I think a big part of that is probably because they've been waiting for the Red Sox to do something in hopes of getting an increased offer there. But if he goes to the Dodgers, does that mean in your guys' eyes that a Yoshida trade has to be off the table, that they maybe need to pivot to trading a young guy or that they don't trade anyone at all? Like, are there are there other options on the market that you think would be a good fit for the Red Sox beyond Teoscar? There's other guys there, but obviously, like, they're, they're different players, some not as good defensively. Uh, curious your thoughts. If, if Teoscar goes, and Sammy, I'll kick to you first. Um, if Teoscar goes, if he goes to the Dodgers and you have to pivot, where, where does that leave things in your eyes? I think the only option, if you want to actually contend next year, is Jorge Soler, if you're not getting Teoscar. Because right now the lineup looks like Duran, Devers, 
question mark, Casas, and then some combo of Story, Grissom, Yoshida. Um, I think it's really strange how Red Sox fans are kind of glossing over this. I know everyone's focused on pitching, rightfully so, but we don't have a number three hitter right now. That's pretty damn important. So uh, I know people love Adam Duvall. I like him too. Great person, great player. I don't think he's a fit anymore. I think the only way you can legitimately convince, at least me, a lot of fans too, that this is not another bridge year for the third friggin' year in a row, is you get someone like Soler, put him between Devers and Casas. He sees a lot of strikes. Ideally, hits a lot of home runs. He hit 36 last year. And uh, I also want to point out, I know the knock on Soler is that he strikes out a lot. His K rate was 33rd percentile. So I know that's bad, but it's not like, I mean, Teoscar Hernandez was ninth percentile, so he strikes out even more. I, I just, yeah, if you don't get Teoscar, you either got to make a trade or you got to get Soler. And the options are slowly dwindling, but they're dwindling. So I, yeah, it's Soler, Teo, or complete pivot. I, yeah, I'm not feeling Duvall batting third in his age 36 season. Yeah, I, if it's not Teoscar, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse because I've said this a couple of times, but on paper, I still feel the best fit at DH is Reese Hoskins. It, get, it lets you get Casas off his feet, which you lose with Turner gone. And he's one of those guys who's going to want a one-year deal. He has to prove he's back from his ACL. On paper, I feel like Reese Hoskins makes even more sense than Soler and Teoscar. That being said, we have not heard a single rumor about that. I agree with Sammy. I think if you lose out on Teoscar, you have to go Soler. It's a power bat. He strikes out, yeah. He's had some really weird years. He kind of is, he's kind of like a roller coaster. A really, really good year, really, really bad year, hurt than healthy. Um, but I think just bang for your buck in that three hole, Solaire's the guy. And I honestly I like Solaire better than Teoscar. Maybe, maybe not by a, a large margin, because Teoscar does have speed. He can play serviceable defense where Solaire's kind of beyond that. But if you're filling a three-hole in a primary DH, Soler's a way better fit for that than Teoscar Hernandez. Soler's bat is better, but I would say Teo's the better overall player. Is kind of yes. like what you're yeah, yeah. And the issue is if you don't like, like, okay, let's just talk about where they stand today. Because Sammy, you're right. They need a three-hitter. They need someone in between Devers and Costas. And we talked, as you said, so much about pitching that that can kind of get lost. But this offense was probably around somewhere between 8 to 12 in baseball last year in overall production, depending on how you look at it. Like, it was a good offense, but, yeah, solid. But now they've lost Justin Turner, who was their most consistent hitter last year. And We we should not gloss over that. He was absolutely massive for that lineup in so many different ways last year. Like, numbers, of course, but also just clutch as hell. That was the guy you always wanted last year, so soon we forget. That was your three hitter. That was your guy. And Adam Duvall is also now not on the roster. And he, at times, multiple times during the season last year, was your best hitter. So this is not an offense right now that on paper looks like it's going to be in that top 10 range unless a lot of stuff goes right. Because right now, Trevor Story is probably your three hitter. And 
he was a well below average hitter when he played last year. And obviously we can go on and on about how like he was rushed back and didn't have any time to, to get ready or whatever. And like, you'd also be relying on Tyler O'Neill to get back to that 2021 form. That's just a lot of things that need to go right to make this offense what you'd want it to be, especially with a pitching staff. That's not like if you, if they had like the Mariners starting rotation, it's like, okay, we can have an offense that's around 12 or whatever, but like you need a guy that can slot into that three hole. And I, I put out a tweet asking people who they would want out of like, or just to give an order of who you like out of Teoscar, Soler, Adam Duvall, Justin Turner, Reese Hoskins. And out of those five options, I think I'd be comfortable with four of them in the three hole. And the only one I would be a little bit weary on is Duvall. Just A, because of the injury history, the recent injury history, B, because of the age, C, because the production, it was there when he was on the field last year, but if you look at two years ago, it wasn't. And this is not a guy who's necessarily been known as like that caliber of hitter. He's always been kind of like a, yeah, we'll put him in the bottom of the lineup. And maybe at the end of the year, like he actually hit a hundred RBIs one year. And like, that was great. But it's not a, like like guys like Reese Hoskins and Justin Turner and Jorge Soler and Teoscar Hernandez. Like all these guys at times have been like some of the best hitters in baseball. Like Teoscar Hernandez is one of like five guys who's hit 25 plus home runs. And I think it's mm-hmm. the last four years. So yeah. like that's the kind of guy you need in the three hole. And this is not a spot that should be neglected. Like if they neglect it, they, like you're going to you're going to realize it early how much you're missing that kind of impact bat. Yeah, and even there's got to be somebody listening to this who's thinking, why not put Trevor Story third? He's a former all-star. He's got the track record. I agree, but that's not ideal coming off of those two seasons that you just alluded to, Gordo. That's a ton of pressure to put on a guy who's already dealing with a ton of pressure. He's the anchor of your defense at shortstop. He has to produce. It's his third year with the Red Sox. He's been awful. And I really like Trevor Story. He's been miserable with the Red Sox. So he's already under a ton of pressure. I think if you bat him third in the lineup, that just makes it even more so. Uh, God, you got to get somebody. And, you, you know, you can juggle it around and maybe move Devers out of the two spot. But I feel like that's really the ideal place you want him. And Duran seems like a no-brainer for leadoff with that speed and that, you know, that power. More like a doubles guy, but that threat is always there. Then you got to put Casas fourth, and you need a righty in between. So, I don't know. The, the Phillies need a closer. Maybe you send Jansen and pieces, get Castellanos or something. I don't know, man. It's just you, you oh, got to address the three hole. But pitching, by far, biggest concern. Not saying it's not, but you also need a number three hitter. And I feel like everyone has just kind of glossed over it. Like it's a, ah, whatever, we'll find someone. Eh, not that simple. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's something on the trade market that we haven't considered because there was that Castellanos report by Fine Sand like way early in the offseason that maybe the Phillies would consider trading him. And we haven't, I think someone ended up refuting it. It might have been passing, I'm not sure. So someone ended up kind of shooting that down and we haven't heard about it since. But like maybe there is something available on the trade market. I just, I think that there's a reason that the Red Sox haven't necessarily been willing to go past two years on these guys. Like you see the caliber of of minor league talent that's going to come up right around that two year mark, the end of 2024, beginning of 2025. You've got Marcelo Meyer, Kyle Teal, Roman Anthony, kind of all along that same tr- like track line where they like any any one of them could have a big season and be up by the end of the year, and all of them should be up at some point in 2025 for sure. So like it's clear the Red Sox don't want guys like Teoscar clogging the roster 
when these guys are supposed to be like hitting their getting into their primes at least like I get I get what they're thinking and maybe there's a guy who has a year or two left on on his deal currently that could be traded for uh, I'm sure they'd prefer to go the free agency route and not have to to deal from their their farm talent but I don't know man I I really hope they're just not neglecting it hope so i mean we um it's hard to give them any credit so far so yeah i agree yeah but in any in any event i let's let's move it forward to to enough said hopefully we'll get some news coming out this week because uh we've got shota imanaga expect or needing to sign by thursday and jeff passon had in his article heading into the week that he thinks around the january 11 january 12 january 13 mark is when things are going to start to go down obviously be skeptical about it all you want because originally we heard once Otani signs, it's gonna the dam's gonna break, and then it didn't. But then it was oh, once Yamamoto signs, the dam's gonna break, and then it didn't. And then now but, it's the oh, Boris guys. Once the Boris guys sign, dam's yeah. gonna break. Oh, but Pat, don't but forget at some point the holidays. Gotta, at some point, we got to admit, we got to admit at some point that Major League Baseball offseason sucks, and they need to change it. And every time you bring that up, it's oh, the players will never go for it. I'm a crusty old guy. I'm not. A change is impossible. So. Yeah, I'm so sick of this, man. Like, even we were like trying to discuss what are we going to talk about today? I'm like, God, there's fucking nothing, man. It's so slow, but maybe the maybe Imanaga kicks things off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, frustrating. I you in if it's not Imanaga, like maybe maybe a trade goes down because I I I said it before. Teoscar reportedly wants this free agency done as soon as possible, and obviously it's dragged along. And I it's probably because of the Red Sox that it has the Red yeah. Sox trade Jansen like maybe that streamlines something there but we'll see I do think it's telling that that a three-year offer is like reportedly on the table from the Dodgers and he hasn't accepted it I do think that this is a guy who probably wants and, and is intrigued by the idea of playing in Fenway Park so maybe he's waiting out the Red Sox maybe it's something else I it could be interesting but in any event let's let's move forward to some enough said Sammy you got anything for us enough said yep really quick Quick reaction from both of you. So MLB.com had an article talking about Dylan Cease, and they have a uh, kind of a who says no that they made. Just want to hear what you guys think. So Red Sox get Dylan Cease, just Dylan Cease. Chicago gets Roman Anthony, Nick York, Dick Fitz, and Bob. Well, the the the, the primary, it's basically like, would you trade? The, the way I see that is, would you trade Roman Anthony? Just because, like, Nick York is so heavily blocked. Like, he's – I don't know if it's now or in a year or at the deadline or whatever, but he's going to end up getting moved. Like, Dick Fitz, like, they just got him. We've never seen him pitch in the Red Sox organization. Dick so, like, Fitz, that, that might be the only pitching prospect who projects as a starter in the system. True. That's true. I don't be. know. I – my answer uh, – my answer is so dependent on on their conversations elsewhere because I keep I keep just thinking – keep just offer the best, like offer one or two young outfielders and one of your swingman starters, like a Tanner Houck or even a Cutter Crawford, as much as I love him, like offer those guys and offer Miguel Blaise and Nick York and like put together a crazy package around those things and see if anyone bites. If no one bites, then yeah, that's probably the kind of offer I'm looking at doing for a controllable starter. And I love Dylan Cease. So in the end, like if if I got down to it, I would say yes. But there would be a lot of avenues I'd want to hit before I pulled the trigger on that. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, uh, I'm biased. I think Roman Anthony has a higher ceiling 
than Marcelo. So I'd be more apt to move Marcelo and to move her a controllable pitcher. And I'm not saying that I like Jesus Lozardo better, but I think if I'm moving Roman, I want a pitcher who's under contract for more than two years. It's tough though, because all year long we're saying you have to pay the price, you have to pay the price. But at the same time, you got to pay the price for a guy that is that difference maker. I think Cease does carry some risk. So Pat, question for you on that then. So let's say the Mariners are not trying to trade their starters. So you X them out of the list. Yep. What starting pitchers do you like that have more than two years? Is it just Lizardo? Or is there, like, am I, who am I forgetting? Like, Lizardo. All black I like for- Framber. I like Framber more than I like Cease. But he's also got two. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, said he, I know more that? than t- mm, that's because, because this is tough because how many pitchers that have more than two years are reasonably available? Like Spencer Strider got extended and he's, yeah. he's got like a million, like give me him, but it's not, it's not realistic. It's just yeah. so hard to like, I mean, if the Lazardo thing keeps coming up though, like I forget, uh, it was Bob it's Nightingale. the one that makes sense. Yeah. Bob said, oh, McKenzie's another one. That's a good one, Sammy. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh yeah, Tristan McKenzie. I would. That's one I would move. Right. I, I love mean, he, Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, I mean he. I think he'll age well. He's not like Same. a big effort guy. He's kind of like a a big body, but like skinny, old kind of. Yeah, but he'll put on weight. He's young. Um, real quick, I think this trade sucks. You're giving Ooh. up one prospect for two years of Dylan Cease. He just had a four and a half ERA, and I think he'll bounce back. But holy shit. What a risk. You're giving up Roman Anthony on top of that. Nick York, who I don't think he'll ever play for the Red Sox. He's still a trade piece. Dick Fitz, who I like, like I said, might be the only starting pitcher um, in your organization, like in the minors. It's just like, I I think it's crazy. And and then Bob, (laughs) you have a Bob too. That's fine. But yeah, too, too much for me. For Luzardo, different story. You get an entire extra season and he's younger coming off of a good year. A little different, but cease. No way, man. That's nuts. Question okay. for you then. I rank so say say the baseball gods have told you that you have to trade Roman Anthony, but you get to pick or screw it. Rank the three guys if you had to trade Roman Anthony, who you would take. And your options are Cease, Lazardo, McKenzie. I'd go Lazardo, McKenzie, Cease because I would do that exact same order. Yeah, Lazardo McKenzie have three years of control. Cease has two. Cease had an awful season. McKenzie was banged up last year, didn't really pitch much. So for me, it's just the they're all good pitchers. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. Red Sox fans, not really any place to be picky when it comes to pitching. I see all these people like, no, I wouldn't trade this prospect for this pitcher because he does X, Y, like little nitpicky things. Not really in a spot to do that. Really need a pitcher. So yeah, I'd go Lazardo. Right. I, I think he's going to be an ace. I think McKenzie is a good two or three uh, when healthy. I don't think he'll ever be an ace. ace. I think Cease could be an ace because we've seen him pitch at that level, but he could also blow up in your face. And of course, two years of control compared to three. Yeah. And before we move, uh, Pat, you you can get your enough set off next. I'll, I'll give my order. I think after some, some thought, I think I'll go Lizardo, Cease, McKenzie. I just think that the, the first two guys are on a different level, but yeah, I, I like Lazardo. The three three years of control on that just is so appealing, and they they they've been discussing him with all these teams. I don't know 
I would trade so many other guys before I'd trade him if I, if I were the Marlins. But yeah, if he's on the block, that that's the guy. I hope it happens. But we all had the same amount of control left. I think I would switch it to Lizardo, C. McKenzie, but but they don't. So yeah. Lizardo, McKenzie, cease. All right, Pat. What uh, do you what do you got? Mine is not a full blown. Who says no? It's more an idea of like a trade where I could see Kenley being moved. Okay, let's hear what it. I, I am going to name names. This is kind of a who says no, but we need to fully divulge. Just simple yes, no, why. Um, what do we think of Kenley Jansen to the Texas Rangers for John Gray? Oh, that's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. John Gray, two what years, $28 million left on it. He pitched yeah. 157 innings last year with a 4-1-2. Easy, easy yes. I think that's a really good move. I don't know if Texas would go for it because they have LeClerc. I feel like they're they're more looking for like setup kind of guys because LeClerc was really good down the stretch. Um, but Gray, yeah, I mean, not an ace, not a two, probably like a it good fills three. that four or five pretty nice though. Yeah, three, four, mm, really fancy five. But that's a good that's a good uh, starting pitcher. He can log innings. He's got some upside. He survived Colorado, so came out of the pen last year for Texas as well. Yeah, yeah, in the playoffs too. So yeah. I think that yeah. I think a move like that will also depend on if they bring Montgomery back. I think if Montgomery comes back, Gray's super expandable. Yes. I don't think they will because they're having that issue with the TV deal. Yeah. I don't think Texas is yeah, going to be. Valley sports. How they, stupid is that? You win the World Series they, and then you're like standing pat because TV. Ugh. No, they've said it might be that issue might be getting resolved. I've, I've been reading that the last few days that that issue might be, might end up getting resolved and they'll get Montgomery back. But I think my answer Resolve to this after resolve it after free agency. <laughs> yeah, 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 resolve it resolve it in April. We'll get the yeah. games on TV but okay, May 30th we can uh we can get that set up for you guys. Pat, I think my answer to this is dependent like what do you, what do you think a guy like Hyunjin Ryu gets on the open market? What is his contract? Well, I think that's completely skewed because of Frankie Montas getting 16 million dollars. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be like the same thing, right? Like I think Right yeah. around there, or Manaya just signed what for two for twenty eight? Oh, you're right. He did. Mm. So that's so oh, Manaya got interesting. Manaya got about two for twenty eight. So I think Ryu gets somewhere in that fourteen to eighteen ballpark on a one year deal, maybe one or two years. I think two years lowers the AV, maybe to fourteen, like a Manaya deal or like a one year for like eighteen. Okay, my my answer is if you can get Ryu on a one year deal between between like. 12 to 17 million, even if it's on the high end of that. I'll, yeah. I'll trade oh, if it's one year. I'll, I'll go to 18. I don't care. I'll trade Kenley for whatever the best prospects and most money I can get eaten, whatever the best deal is there. If, if Hyunjin Ryu is going to get two years with, with the amount of injuries that he's had. Yeah. Give me, give me John Gray. That dude in the past has been able to eat innings. Like obviously he was able to succeed in Colorado. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. That's an interesting one pack is, I don't know, Sammy. I know Leclerc had success, but like he didn't close out the World Series. They they had spores stay in, and yeah. I don't know. They also he's, had, he's he's been up and down. Yeah. Also, they were the right. very early betting favorite to get Hater. True, you're right. Yeah. That was that was all the rage for a while, and yeah, now, now no one says it. Yeah. Well, isn't it because they they don't really have a lefty out of the pen? They lost Will Smith, and Brock Burke really took a step back. And so. Chapman. And yeah, Chapman, yeah. Is he still with the... Free agent. Free agent. Okay, there you go. So they really need lefties. 
uh, and Red Sox can't really help them with that. So sorry about that. No. Yeah, they can't help you with the lefty out of the pen. We can get you a closer if you want, but you might. Maybe the uh... Red Sox could trade Chris. Uh. <clears throat> All right, that was that was the best. Before I give off my enough said, we're texting over the weekend, and and I forget. I think I want to say it was Pat said this this team needs like an fu starting pitcher who just yeah like they need a bag. bastard. Yeah, and I'm like, so they need Chris Sale. Yeah, <laughs> they need they need healthy oh, a healthy hammerhead shark who can just you know stand on there and remember remember we, we talked about this as well remember when Evaldi was pitching against Houston in the ALCS in 2018 and he was like gritting his teeth like he looked yeah. like he just looked like you a, need a dog like a bar in Southie like like Scherzer like two three years ago oh. god he just looked insane and that as a fan I was like ah, oh, I, I feel so safe <laughs> like he's crazy he'll do what we need so yeah we need a, a bulldog hammerhead shark friggin Dirty Diana, something like that. Oh, one day, man. We gotta have it back. We need we need some of that. But my enough said, a guy who uh was not necessarily that for the Red Sox last year, Mauricio Jovera, DFA'd. And my enough said is that I I I go up to my fiance and I'm I say, Marissa, I have some bad, like really bad news. Like really bad news. She's like, is this actual bad news or is this like stupid like you bad news i'm like no no no. this is like actually like the worst news ever like you better like you like you need to sit down like this is actually bad and so she looks at me she's like oh crap he's serious and i go the red sox dfa mauricio jovera she goes that's not bad that's awesome <gasps> wow she is prejudiced against fire hydrant bodies someone is not familiar with his metrics yeah, uh, Marissa, please look up his metrics if you're going to say something as silly as that. Yeah, what? Yeah, where's this Jovera slander, man? He throws a freaking fastball. He throws it hard. Just like, um, actually, his driveline video says that he's due for a breakout. Actually, if you look at his... <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I, I uh, yeah, he... Jokes aside, I actually thought he had pretty nasty stuff. He did! He, he totally did. He, he if you did weird looking though, I can't get over it. How do you pitch with that shape? He's a weird looking guy, and and he doesn't. He almost never knows where the pitches are going. But it was easy to see why they liked him. And like Sean McAdam at the beginning of the offseason was saying that he definitely didn't think Joe Vera was going to get DFA'd to make room for like Rule Five guys because they loved him so much. So I I hope he's back on like a minor league deal. I'm hopefully he clears waivers and. I'm sure we'll hear about that in the coming days because he got DFA'd a, a little bit ago. So hopefully that happens. Um, but anyway, that that's going to do it for us today on Play Tessie. Uh, just do us a favor. We're good to you guys. You guys are good to us. But I just, just subscribe. We want we want as many of you guys in on what's going on amongst the Play Tessie gang as possible. Get that little notification when episodes drop. I don't if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google, the Odyssey app. I Coop calls you weirdos if you if you use Google. If you use Google and you subscribe, you're not a weirdo. If you use you're Google, hot. if you use Google and you don't subscribe, that's Jeez. a different story. But we don't I need to talk Jovera. about that. You, you got a Jovera bod if you do that. So you're telling so you're telling me that they that the people who use Google that don't subscribe are capable of humming ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm telling you. That's what he's telling me. So anyway, yeah, uh, shoot us that subscribe. 
rate rate five stars. Say whatever you want in the comments. You can bash us if you want. Talk to say say, say something about Pat. Yeah, get some Pat Pat love. Give give yeah. Pat some love in the in the reviews. We love that. Gotta give yeah. Pat give Pat some love in the reviews. But yeah, we love you guys on Play Tessie. Show us love back and hit that subscribe button. We love we love doing these episodes for you guys. Talking socks all off season long because that's what we love to do. We know that's what you guys love to do. That's why you're listening to Red Sox podcasts in January because you're freaking awesome. So thanks for tuning into this one. This has been Play Tessie episode twenty three. Major Syriaco episode. Thanks for tuning in. Toodaloo. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.